0: What is up, Kangaroo Chasers, and welcome to Chasing Kangaroos podcast. This is the original, old-school-style podcast tonight. My name is Michael Carboni. If you know me, if you listen to us a fair bit, if you're a long-time listener, you know me as Carbs, and you can call me Carbs. If you're a new listener, call me Carbs as well. Um, But welcome, if you are a new listener. We typically, on this podcast, on this show, we talk about uh, stuff that you wouldn't expect to hear about on a typical NRL podcast, media outlet, We talk about international rugby league, developing nations, rugby league, stuff you wouldn't hear anywhere else, but exciting stuff happening around the world. We're all about hashtag Grow Rugby League, um, and we want to see the game grow and thrive around the world. Very interested in seeing those sorts of developments and expansions. So if you're new, welcome. If you've been listening recently, you haven't heard much of me, but you have heard a fair bit from my co-host, Big T. And the the great Mary Kay, uh, the lady who leagues herself with an incredible chasing gillaroo's podcast, um, looking at the whole NRLW season, it's been fantastic. I've been loving listening along as a fan to that one. Um, the vibe between T and Mary Kay has been amazing. Uh, and good news is they'll be back. There's another season later this year of NRLW, so they'll be back to do it all over again. And they might even be back to talk a little bit of women's origin as well and of course how can I forget uh, my boys over in the US of a Jimmy and Dustin have been doing a wonderful job with the Rugby League in America reboot uh, Nate will be joining them soon but Jimmy and Dustin it's been awesome uh, it's, so, it's so American <laughs> the way and you know what I mean if you listen the way it's the way they talk about rugby league, Uh, as if it's a big-time American sport. They just really treat it like an American sport, and I love the way they've been putting those episodes together. So very proud to have Chasing Gillaroos and the Rugby League in America reboot right here on this channel, Chasing Kangaroos. But, of course, uh, the original show, Chasing Kangaroos podcast, it's me, and uh, this is an old-school episode tonight. Um, We've been away for a little while and I will try and bring some interviews back soon. I've got a couple lined up. Um, We've got Troy Grant coming back to give us an international rugby league update. It's been a while since we've been recording regular pods. So I think it's a good idea to do that. I've got a South African uh, podcast coming up soon, an interview to do soon, which I'm excited about because it's been probably a, a year or two since we've caught up with what's going on over in South Africa. So I'm really pumped about that one. But this one uh, is just going to be old school, me in a room talking to myself about stuff that I love, which is a developing rugby league game around the world, uh, topics you wouldn't hear anywhere else, and I love it. Now, it has been a while, and I do apologise, a couple of reasons for it. Um, Number one, I've had a new job. It's not. It's a not so new job. I've been doing it for about eight or nine months now, uh, working for a tech startup uh, company in the property space, head of marketing. I'm absolutely loving it, and it's taking so much of my love and attention at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, and it's probably taken me away from this a little bit, but I'm gonna try and get back to it and get back to you guys because I've I've read your DMs. I've read your messages saying, uh, when are you coming back? Where have you gone? What happened? Are you okay? I miss you. That's a real one. People are saying that. I can't believe it. Um, But so going to try and do this on a more regular basis. I've got Mike, Mary Kay, Big T helping me on this side of the pond as well. So we'll try and get back at you. The other thing, the other reason why I haven't been quick to start this season is, and it's a little, it's kind of been a secret, which hasn't hasn't happened or hasn't seen its way to fruition, so I'll let you in on it now, but uh, last year, myself, Mike and Mary Kay were asked to put together a pilot episode uh, for an official Rugby League World Cup podcast, and we are very excited about it. We put a pilot together. We did a bit of planning. Everything was looking good, and then, of course, what happened happened. The World Cup didn't take place last year. It'd been postponed now to 2022, which is fine. Um, at the start of this year, so back in January, the World Cup guys got in touch and said, "Hey, you know that podcast we we're talking about last year? Let's do it this year. Let's let's get the ball rolling. Let's start the conversation again." So we started that conversation again. And my plan for this season of Chasing Kangaroos was to be the official Rugby League World Cup podcast. And we were just waiting, wheels were in motion, waiting for things to happen. And then things went silent again. Haven't heard back from the World Cup guys about it. Or when we have had discussions, it's been, hey, a bit busy right now. We'll talk about it a bit later. I get the impression they want to push it right back. So I kind of said, I've been holding off, busy at work, waiting for this World Cup thing to happen. And it sort of hasn't. And I realised all of a sudden that we've just seen an Anzac Day game between the Mighty Dragons beating the Roosters. How good was that? And I thought, holy shit, season four of Chasing Kangaroos hasn't really started. I've been enjoying the reboot, the Rugby League in America reboot, Chasing Dularoos so much that I forgot that uh, I have a show (laughs) and the show must go on. So we said, you know what, fuck it. Uh, Let's just be the unofficial World Cup podcast this year. We're still going to talk about World Cup anyway. Going to talk about a whole bunch of other things as well. So we're going to try and bring you some more World Cup action as well, in an unofficial capacity. And if it becomes official later on down the track, awesome. If not, who cares? Because I love doing this, and I know you guys love listening, and I appreciate it. Um, If you do, if you're a regular listener, please don't forget to like, share, follow, support us. Write a review. Do all that sort of stuff. Um, I know I ask that, and it's kind of you know I half ask that, but never really fully ask that if if that makes sense but it's never been more important now it's more important now sorry than it ever has been before and the reason being is independent podcasts more and more difficult at the moment we're doing this for the love but there's a whole lot of like um more Uh, professional radio podcast. All the radio companies are bringing out podcasts now. A lot of celebrities are bringing out podcasts now. It's the thing. It's no longer something that someone like myself can start up with a few mates uh, recording on our phone in the car three or four years ago and become like a semi-hit. It doesn't happen anymore uh, because the big guys are now in town. So it's more important now than ever to support independent podcasts, not just Chasing Kangaroos, but any independent co- podcasts that you know, that you enjoy, uh, support them, like, share, follow. Um, and if you do, we thank you very much. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by com, which is uh, the the best place, I think, to buy international rugby league merchandise. It's part-owned by myself and my, my business partner at com, Phil Brown. And I say business partner lightly because it's it's more of a, for us, it's more of a, a passion and a, and a charity, so to speak, a rugby league, an international rugby league charity, so to speak. We don't make any money from chasingroos.com. Every cent that we make goes back to sponsoring rugby league nations, clubs around the world in Wales, Brazil, the Philippines, um, the Netherlands. Uh, we've, we've given back so much to the game so far already. We've given out 100 chasing kangaroos, steed and rugby league balls around the world to developing nations that need it. And the biggest thing that we've been, or the, the biggest way we've been given back most recently is through our Ukraine jerseys uh, sale, or, or the selling of our Ukraine jerseys, I should say. So we've, made, we've come to an agreement with Ukraine rugby, Ukrainian Rugby League that uh, we would purchase jerseys from them and the sale from all of those jerseys, the profits from all of those jerseys would go directly back to the players over there in the Ukraine, uh, many of them involved in fighting at the moment, in in service, um, defending their country, I suppose. Um, It's going to be tough for them when this is all said and done, hopefully hopefully very soon. Who knows? I've I've got no idea. But um, every dollar that we make from the sale of our Ukraine jerseys goes back to them, to those guys. And I'm proud to say that we sold out very quickly. We actually originally, and I'll give you some real numbers. We're not a massive chain by any stretch, but for us, it was fantastic. We originally purchased 20 jerseys. We sold out of those in 24 hours. We purchased another 20. Those sold out very quickly. We purchased another 10. Those are now sold out and we're trying to purchase another 10. So seeing if we can get those from the manufacturer, but yeah, we've sold 50 jerseys, which basically means thousands of dollars um, in funding going back to those guys in the Ukraine, thanks to you, thanks to the listeners, thanks to the supporters of ChasingRoos.com. So if you wait around to the end of this, I actually want to shout out to everyone who purchased a Ukrainian rugby league jersey. Uh, Your support means a lot for us and for them and for rugby league around the world, I suppose, as well. Um, I want to shout out to those guys. If if you are one of those, listen out for your name at the end. If you're not, it's actually really cool to hear where some of these people are from, uh, the support, the listenership that we get. Uh, It's really awesome. So I'll leave that to the end. But of course, this show, as I said, brought to you by ChasingRoos.com. Got great jerseys on there from all around the world, clubs, nations, all around the world. And we'll keep trying to to grow that list um, as we go. So every dollar goes back. ...to supporting those Rugby League nations. Um, so, yeah, get on there, ChasingRuse.com and support the show, support International Rugby League. So, guys and girls, what are we going to talk about today? There's plenty to talk about. There's a few things that have caught my eye over the last couple of weeks. None so more in the topic that will probably get most of my attention. Yeah, Topic number one tonight, uh, it was an article uh, in the City Morning Herald by Michael Chamis. The title, The American Dream Alive... Uh, NRL revives talks for the 2023 Los Angeles season opener. Um, a lot of people are excited uh, to hear this, especially our American listeners and the guys at RLA, the reboot. Uh, they'll probably talk about this to some degree as well. Basic info, what do you need to know? So we're saying, or Michael Chambers, City Morning Herald, is saying that we might see a round zero uh, for the NRL season next year. It'll be Manly versus Souths. Uh, It'll be likely at the 22,000-seat Bank of California Stadium, which is home of the LAFC uh, soccer team, the MLS club there. Um, It'll be a week before competition starts, giving the teams time to travel back and recover for round two on a Saturday night west coast time in the US, which is Sunday afternoon here on the east coast of Australia, so perfect timing there. Um, The NRL saying that, You know, Hugh Jackman, who's a massive Manly fan versus Russell Crowe, of course, is a South's co owner. Uh, They'll market those two with those two gentlemen, the pulling power there. um, They'll use to sell to the American market. So, interesting stuff. That's the basic info. The big thing for me, the big question for me is this legit or was it just a slow news day at the Sydney Morning Herald? You know, sometimes the NRL throws out stories like this to get the vibe and see what happens. We've heard a couple. Seen a couple of stories about it written uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald, but it's kind of disappeared over the last couple of weeks. And I was tempted to jump on and talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but I thought I'm going to let it sit for a week or two, see if see what happens from there because it'll be interesting. Uh, but we haven't heard much. And for me, I just think, okay, we've seen this before. Is this one of those articles that you read on a slow week and then you don't hear about it again? Uh, I mentioned we've seen it before. We've heard about potential round zero in New York a couple of years ago. We've heard about potential magic rounds in Las Vegas. We've heard about Russell Crowe's plans or discussions in the past with the NRL about taking games over there. Of course, we know that um, Souths have played against Leeds uh, in a a trial match, of course, um, in Jacksonville in the past. Um, But we've seen this before, I guess, is the thing. Now... Why could this be real? A few different things. So South's boss Blake Solly and manly owner Scott Penn, they both have have publicly backed the move, which is good. Uh, Mike Cannon-Brooks, who's the Atlassian founder and owns a stake in the Rabbitohs, also has an interest in American sport or US sport. He's a part owner of the Utah Jazz and the NBA, so that's another good link. And, of course, I mentioned Souths have played that game against Leeds before, so there's a whole heap, host of reasons why this could be real. But the main reason, and nothing, nothing is bigger than this, uh, I think, when it comes to the NRL making decisions, I'll read the quote from Valandis, Uh Major difference this time... Oh, sorry, a quote from the publication from Michael Chamas. A major difference this time is the fact that the US government has since legalised sports wagering in several states, providing the NRL with a potential $20 million a year windfall to underwrite the venture. It's $20 million a year for the NRL to do this, um, for taking one game over there. That – well, money talks, and that's probably a big deal for the NRL. Volandi's even said, we've exhausted all other revenues in Australia. Uh, okay, well, our listeners in WA and South Australia would probably disagree with that one, Pete. But I see what he's saying. Probably from a wagering perspective, $20 million a year is huge. Now, will it happen? We don't know. I hope it does. Uh, we've got a lot of fans, a lot of listeners over in the States who would love to check this game out and, and will be there. Um, if it does happen, there's probably three things that we need to implement straight off the bat. Or the NRL needs to implement straight off the bat, in my opinion. And DM me if you agree or disagree. Message me if you, if you think I've missed anything. But three things that need to happen if this does eventuate. Number one, it needs to be a regular thing. It needs to happen every year for a good period of time. Like I want this locked in for like five years, maybe ten. Uh, and they need to build onto it with more assets. So like a Nines or a Magic Round over there or some Pacific Islands test uh, or or anything like that. Like I think we can, we can bring more assets to the states if there is a good appetite for this after building it for a couple of years. Um, so make it happen on a regular basis. And why wouldn't they? $20 million a year, make it happen. I don't want this to be like a Denver test that happens once Gets a decent crowd, but then we never revisit it because whatever. Uh, Number two, second thing that definitely needs to happen if this uh, round zero were to go ahead. Let's put some thought, yeah, into a proper curtain raiser like USA versus Canada or USA versus Jamaica. Uh, We want an American flavor before this game. Let the fans and the people over there know that this is a game they can play too. Uh, get local clubs involved, okay? If it's in LA, get some California Rugby League clubs over there. Uh, hell, get Monte Gattis and Cleveland over there, right? Get people, get get a game over there, get a curtain raiser over there, get the locals seeing that there is a way, there is a pathway for them to play our sport. If they, if they love it on the day, they can play it. Now, third thing that needs to happen, uh, part of the profits needs to go to development in the USA Um, and I'm not saying that the NRL needs to own a league over there or pump money into USARL or Cali Rugby League or NARL or anything like that but look obviously profits are going to go to the clubs from the most part not just Manly and Souths but the NRL clubs and a part of that needs to go into development in some way so for example um, say Manly decided to, we mentioned Cleveland, we mentioned Monty Gattis, say Manly wanted to embark on a development mental relationship with Cleveland Rugby League. or well, they would put some money into facilities and some coaching, send some coaches over there and put together a program, a school's program to help get some rugby league talent from the states into their system. If all the clubs just spend a little bit of the the profits into this, into building relationships with clubs over there and building programs and building development boot camps and and getting the game into schools, then it could go a long way. Open that pathway for potential American talent into the NRL. And then let the leagues over there do their thing. Let them bounce off that as well. So those are three things that I think needs to happen. Um, Exciting. If... It goes ahead, but like I said, I'll hold my breath until we have more concrete evidence that it will. But nice to hear, and always good to talk about this stuff. Guys, another topic that we will talk about tonight, uh, it's so hard talking to yourself, isn't it? Another topic we'll talk about tonight is uh, Samoa, with Coach Matt Parrish apparently um, going to step down from his role, Uh, and the Johns brothers, uh, Joey and Matty, Taking over, we've potential for another coach with some coaching experience, uh, John Morris, former Cronulla coach, to to join the coaching staff as well. Um, this has been sort of talked about for a little while. It's being mentioned again. You need to think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think it's probably likely to happen. If I was to venture a guess, and I think to be honest, um, it probably means a stronger Samoa at the World Cup. Uh, Matt Parish hasn't—I I don't know him personally or anything like that—but he certainly hasn't had the results over the last few years as coach. Or went and, uh, the last few years, you can't really say much. But the few years before that, uh, hasn't had results or buy-in from the players. There's certainly a lot of talk uh, in media. The guys like Josh Papali saying, you know, that they would gladly play for for Samoa. If Matt wasn't the coach now, I don't know what the story is between he and the players, but there certainly is, you know, a strong feeling against him from a lot of the a lot of the guys. Um, so you would think that this result or this happening would mean a stronger Samoa at the World Cup this year, um, which I think, I guess, would be a good thing because full strength Samoa uh, they can. They could challenge for the whole thing. That's for sure. They can they can go better than what Tonga did last time. I think it's a strong side. Um, exciting news from this, obviously, is we've had a few uh, a few mid season tests announced. So Saturday, June twenty five, which is the weekend that we'll have uh, Origin two, I believe, over in Perth in WA. We're gonna have some standalone or some one-off, not standalone, some one-off test matches here, mid-season tests. So we'll see Tonga versus New Zealand for the first time in a couple of years. That'll be over in Auckland. I am so pumped for this rematch. It's been a long time coming. Uh, COVID has gotten in the way, but we're going to see Tonga versus New Zealand again, and I'm so pumped. Like, <laughs> more pumped than Origin Do Sorry, I know that's blasphemous, but I can't wait for this one. There will also be a Sydney doubleheader. Uh, which would be between Fiji and P&G. The Kumuls and, and and Fiji always have epic matches. And Samoa, as mentioned earlier, uh, versus the Cook Islands, which I think could be a good game. Uh, those two sides at full strength with NRL players could go either way, very strong. So, look, double header in Sydney, not sure of the venue yet, but this could be the last time in a while. In fact, it will be the last time in a while that we see mid-season tests like this. Of course, next year, from next year, we're not going to see that standalone Origin game. So I think Sydney fans, Sydney listeners, we need to vote with our feet on this one, show the NRL that we want these games and we want to see more of these. Uh, So when they announce where it is, let's all try and be there. It's going to be sensational. And I think, really, it's a taste of what's to come for this World Cup. We always talk about... You know, when asked the question, or when I'm asked the question, which of these nations have a chance or who who will go well at this World Cup, it's hard to say until we see the player rosters. We don't know. We know that Fiji and Samoa and Tonga can be strong, but we just don't know until we see who's turning out for them. Um, As I mentioned earlier, you know, will the likes of Josh Papali, for example, play for Samoa? We're sort of going to find out during these mid-season tests and we're going to see the possible strength of some of these nations for our world cup this year so that's exciting and i just can't wait there's also another mid-season test announced recently on the other side of the world which i'm really pumped about which is uh france versus wales france will host wales in a mid-season warm-up for the world cup that'll be the week before so that'll be sunday 19th of june uh, and that'll be in in Albi in france so Another one. These are just all matchups that we haven't seen for a while. You know, international rugby league is back, and uh, yeah, four for for me mouth watering um, mouth watering matchups in that two week period. So I'm really excited to see what these nations can give us in the lead up to the World Cup. Speaking of leading up to World Cup, my next topic is the South Americas Cup, which we heard some news on a couple of weeks ago. So this is more World Cup 25 qualifying uh, over in France. So World Cup 25 qualification. It begins, you guessed it, in Jericho, Colombia. I know no one would have guessed it, but that's where it begins. And I love it. Uh, So on November 25 to 27 in Colombia, uh, Colombia, sorry, Chile and Brazil will begin their journey to France 2025. Now the winner winner of that competition will move forward to the America's Championship in 2024, uh, either in the States or in Jamaica, uh, with World Cup spots on the line. And I say spots because we know that there will be more than one place at the next World Cup for America's nations. So that's exciting. I love it. Um, These strong World Cup pathways, they give local players something to aspire to and they go a long way towards cementing that regular International Rugby League program, that 10-year plan that we've all wanted to see for a while. We're seeing natural steps, natural pathway, and we're seeing it elsewhere as well in, in Europe, and we're going to begin to see that in Asia and the Pacific as well. So really excited for this. Colombia, Chile, and Brazil kicking things off on the way to France 25. It's incredible. Speaking of an awesome test match or international rugby league calendar one nation that even during COVID lockdowns uh, did not fail to produce was the netherlands and the netherlands rugby league bond have announced that they'll play three fixtures this year two at home and one away it'll be later this autumn their time um, as they continue to prepare for their path towards the 2025 world cup in france a lot of people preparing for 25 which i love Still haven't had twenty one yet, but let's let's get them both happening at, at once. I love it. Uh, so the three matchups are, are the Netherlands versus Spain. Uh, that'll be seventeenth September in Madrid. Uh, Netherlands will play Sweden uh, on the twenty fourth of, of September uh, at Zandam, and of course the Griffin Cup, which we love covering every year. Netherlands versus Germany uh, on the eighth of October. Now, the Orange, they've had some good success over the last half decade or so, uh, but they've got a new coach, so Dave Hunter, not uh, the hypothetical Rugby League podcast host Dave Hunter. This is <laughs> Dave Hunter over there, their head coach. Can he continue their good form? Um, I think he can, uh, but I'm liking their aspiration to step up here. So most of all out of the three match-ups, of course, looking forward to all of them. How can you go past the Griffin Cup? But... Most of all, I'm looking forward to that matchup with Spain in particular for two reasons. So A, Rugby League in Madrid, how good? And B, it's a step up for the Netherlands against a higher-ranked team. So it's going to be a good taste for them as they build towards Euro-B next year and as they start to think about their own 2025 World Cup pathway. So congrats, Netherlands. Keep it up. We love supporting you. And uh, we're going to be watching these ones closely towards the end of the year. Uh, Topic, another topic. For tonight we should start calling them golden points at this point golden point <laughs> um turkey versus the australian defense force we just saw it uh yesterday at time of recording the mighty dragons may have beat the roosters but the australian defense force defeated turkey it was 26 to 6. i haven't had a chance to to watch any of this yet but I am looking forward to the vlog coming out by Phil Brown on Chasing Roo's YouTube channel. So go check that out. It might be out by the time this podcast is posted, so check that out. I need to watch it and get some of those highlights and interviews from Phil. He always does such a great job for getting behind the scenes of international rugby league games uh, locally um, here in Australia. So 26 to 6, certainly better than last year. I think it was like 40-something to 6 last year. It was... um, was quite a shellacking from the Australian Defence Force, but certainly closer this year, and it's good to see some former Super League talent in that Turkish side as well, which is probably why it was a little bit closer. And, um, yeah, what... I just want to see this continue on. So I did hear that uh, this game was only announced five weeks prior, so five weeks ago. So the Turkish side and the Australian Defence Force side, to be fair as well, did not have much time to prepare Uh, So I'd really love to see this fixture locked in annually. It really should have been after last year. Like, it makes so much sense on Anzac Day that Turkey would play Australia. It's really cool. Uh, But another must for me, um, and I know that on the Turkish side of things they are really aiming to try and make this one happen, but a must for me is I want to see this game in Turkey. I think this game next year should be in Turkey. Commemorates... 100 years since the Battle of Gallipoli, Um, and it just makes a lot of sense. It'll be really cool. It'll give a chance for some of the local Turkish Rugby League guys to take part. Uh, Of course, a few of the heritage guys can go along and and, and make it a show, but I want to see this in Turkey next year, and hopefully they can make it happen. Golden point, uh, Brazil. We've sort of mentioned them earlier, but domestically, Round one of the new Brazil Rugby League Men's and Women's Championship has begun, the Premier Division. So it's three teams in the top league for the men and women this year with the view of having a second division later in the year as well. And and so the results for the opening game, so for the women reigning Premier's Molina Rugby Club, they travelled to last year's runners-up, the Victoria Rhinos, and gave them a shellacking. If you thought the storm belted the Warriors last weekend. Well, Molina, 82, Victoria 14. Huge, huge score. Uh, that Molina side is pretty incredible, and I would venture a guess that a bulk of those players would make up the Brazilian women's uh, team at the World Cup this year. So they'll keep posting scores like that. They'll take out the whole thing. Uh, for the men, it was nine aside champions, Tau. They hosted our rivals, the Moringa Hawks, and that was much closer. That one was a thirty to twenty twenty uh, twenty two victory, thirty to twenty two, uh, and it was close up until the last ten when I think Urotel got away with it. So, um, good matchup. Sub Polo, the champions, will come into it next round. Um, it'll be exciting to see the men's uh, competition there a little bit closer. Um, now, um, Golden Point. Over to USA and Canada, and I'll touch on this briefly, but I know Jimmy and Dustin will probably touch on this much more on their next episode of Rugby League in America Reboot. Uh, But, of course, you can't talk international rugby league over the past few weeks without mentioning the first game between Canada and the USA in women's rugby league ever. Uh, The Ravens took it out 42 over the Red Tails to 10. They They're way too good, way too strong in British Columbia. In Canada, and you heard it on rugby league in America. The scoop from the boys about the rematch uh, to take place in Hawaii later this year. So that's exciting stuff. But I'll leave the boys, Dustin and Jimmy, to talk about that one. So guys, that's it for our for for my topics for tonight. Um, I hope you've enjoyed me talking to myself. And as I mentioned right at the top, um, we're brought to you by ChasingKangaroos.com. And I want to shout out to all who purchased some Ukrainian rugby league jerseys. So I'm going to read it, out uh, in no particular order. But thank you to all of these guys for supporting International Rugby League. So thank you, Ben Mitchell from Mortlake in Sydney. Um, thank you, Ben Costello from Lawson in the ACT. Matt Balazic from Virginia, USA. Scott Carroll from J- Jacksonville in Florida. R- uh, Roel Desmead. From Belgium, sorry for, for screwing up your name. I hope I pronounced it okay. Thank you for, for your Ukraine jersey order. Chris Watson from Hull in the UK. Andrew Bazuskos from Cumbria in the UK. George Aiken from St Helens in the UK. Danny Mitchell, he purchased two jerseys, thank you mate, from DY in Sydney. Uh, our good friend Pierre Carcou from France. Uh, Greg Cantwell from Ontario, Canada. Craig Carr from Cabramatta in Sydney. Andrew Bajowski from Turner in the ACT. Uh, Tony Brand from Kalala in New South Wales. Alan Shab- uh, Shabaral from Maryland in the USA. Lots of US fans here, so that's awesome. Uh, Ian Wild from Wind- Witness in the UK. Alan Langney, he bought two from Hightown in the UK. Thomas O'Loglin from uh, Dublin in Ireland. Michael Kane from uh, Port Hedland in WA. John Mundell from Coparo and Queensland. That might be uh, Mundellism on Twitter. A good follow if it's you, mate. Thank you. Kelly Brown from Sandy Point, New South Wales. Robert Cleveland from Huddersfield, UK. Tyler uh, Cania from Connecticut in the US. Uh, Florian Schurman from Germany. Dylan Wright from London. Uh, Akati Horvlo from Seattle, USA. Uh, James Knight from Letchworth, UK. Alexander Murray from London as well. Andrew Phillips from Balmain here in Sydney. Tim McHugh from Blacktown here in Sydney. Michael Colony from Leeds. Uh, Michael Connolly from Leeds, yep, in the UK. Peter Molly Molly from Hamlin Terrace in New South Wales. Adam Stafford from uh, Dacabic, Queensland. (laughs) Never heard of that, but Adam, I'm sure it's a lovely place. Thank you. Michael Ray from South Ripley. Uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, in Queensland. Will Comby from Presatain in the UK. Harry Jones, he bought two from Wrexham in Wales. Uh, Jan Linkle from Lanoff in Chechia. Uh, Brad Newman, he bought two. He's from Hong Kong. Steve Robinson, he bought three. He's from Charleston in New South Wales. David Lahar from Vaklabi in Chechia. I think he's got something to do with the Mad Squirrels over there. One of our favourite clubs in Chechia. So thanks, Dave. Uh, Vivek Nayek from Glen Waverley in Victoria. Paul Zawetz from Petersham in New South Wales. And finally, uh, the first purchaser, David Kingsland from Camden South in New South Wales. A massive thank you to all of you for supporting uh, chasingroos.com, supporting international, international Rugby League, and of course supporting Ukraine Rugby League. Uh, all of those funds will go to the Ukraine... Uh, all of those jerseys were pre-ordered. Thanks for your patience. They've just arrived. Phil Brown has let me know they've just arrived. Uh, so they'll be shipped out to all of you very shortly. So thanks for supporting the game. And, guys, thanks, Philip, for, for listening. I'm back. Um, and we'll try and be back with more on a regular basis here at Chasing Kangaroos. So please share it. Uh, let us know what you think. Follow us on the socials. Feel free to DM me anytime. Uh, If you're from a nation, I should say as well, a nation, developing nation or club around the world and you want to share some news with us, feel free to do so. We'll share that on the socials or here on the podcast. And that's enough of me talking to myself in a room, old school. I'm Michael Carboni and thanks for chasing kangaroos with me.